FM News 100.1, KBND. Good morning to you. Welcome to the KBND Morning News. We're talking to a couple of people from uh, Ben Lapine Schools. It's Jennifer Houth, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Jennifer Houth, she's the Director of Social, Emotional, and Mental Well-Being. And then Megan works with students at Pilot Butte Middle School. And uh, uh, basically, we're talking student wellness. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, student mm. mental health, student well-being. Okay. Um, first of all, the post-COVID uh, and kids have a, such a disruption in their life. Families had a disruption in their life. Now they're back. And I've heard from other educators and superintendents that their behaviors are not what you saw before, things like that. I mean, it's, it's been some big changes. What kind of stress are students experiencing these days in families? Um, on a more micro level, we're seeing students coming in after after COVID, um, maybe not having the same sort of structure that they had when school was in session prior to the spring of 2020. And so it's it's really just readjusting to expectations and what school looks like, what a full day of school looks like. Um, additionally, during this time of the year, um, we are still dealing with uh, frequent absences of students between COVID, the flu, RSV, and other health stressors. And um, I think COVID has uh, maybe spiked up the rigidity of school norms around if a student has comes to school with a cough or a, um, an upset belly or a headache, um, we have to take certain precautions. And so students have to might have to miss extra school time before they can return. So there's still a disruption to... Um, what their structure or school day might look like. Perhaps they have to stay out a couple of days and then they come back to school at the end of the week and they've, again, missed uh, instructional time. And then additionally, just during this time of the season, what we're seeing is uh, students and families who are struggling with um, with meeting the needs of the family while also uh, dealing with a holiday season where there might be additional expenses. And this time of the year, we also see a lot of um, re-experiencing of grief or if, if people have lost a loved one. And so we're seeing a lot of students struggling with um, accepting and acknowledging the fact that there's going to be a holiday season without a loved one that they've previously been able to have that holiday with. And these things are all amplified by uh, they're worse now or they're, uh, you're seeing more of this than what you would used to see before because of the, the pause? I think uh, there's always been dysregulation, at least within the middle school setting. Um, I think that the lack of structure um, during COVID and the inaccessibility of having staff at school who are readily accessible to be able to talk through uh, traumas and stressors also um, added to what we're seeing now. They're relearning how to engage with adults and they're relearning how to connect and um, be able to acknowledge their emotions and talk through uh, what's going on for them. I would think that not only the students need to be kind of re-educated and brought back into this, but the parents, the family as well, would need some help with this, wouldn't you think? Yes, definitely. This is Jennifer. Um, yeah, I think families um, had a lot of stressors over the pandemic, especially when schools were closed, and just the, different, the, the additional anxiety I think that many families felt around having a loved one that you know, had a compromised immune system at home and how they wanted to send their kid to school, but also wanted to keep their family members and themselves safe. Um, so I think there's just a lot of relearning and kind of 
renorming around around the the post pandemic and even kind of still in the pandemic of of attending school and being part of the community and being connected. You know, we didn't have like our typical rituals or choir concerts or PTSA gatherings or fundraisers. So um, we're really making a big push to try and re-engage our families and, and welcome them into our schools. So what is Care Solace? Care Solace. So Care Solace, Solace. is Care Solace, yep. Care Solace is our new partnership uh, for non-emergent support uh, for individual and family counseling and also substance use. So it helps um, our students and families and our staff quickly find um, support um, and it's complimentary and confidential and it's it's not direct services but it's more care coordination so really helping you um, if you're looking for um, an individual counselor for your student like helping you figure out insurance and figure out um, who has openings and then help you actually book that first appointment go to that first appointment and then they'll follow up with you and see how that appointment went and if it was a good fit um, or if we need to keep looking so really just takes that um, that stress off the schools of having to really partner to make the phone calls, figure out insurance, and it and CareSolace does that for us. Isn't that something fairly new to the yeah, school district? Yeah, we just launched it September first. September one. Okay, yeah, and so it's been great. How do families take advantage of that then? Um, so we have a link on our website. Um, we also have what we call a warm handoff. So all of our counselors and school psychologists and student success clinicians and coordinators um, can sit with families and students and actually help book that first appointment um, through a warm handoff. And you've had people take advantage of it already? Yes, lots. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. so it's it's been real helpful right out of the gate. Yes. Yeah, so one of the barriers um, in Central Oregon was really finding the service. So there's there's lots of services available, but how do you know who to call, where to go? Um, and so Carousellus does that for you. Oh, that's great. I know, yeah, that's, that's a big help to finding those things that are out there and you just don't know where to go. Yeah, who to call first. Or, yeah. yeah. Now, what is the youth line? That's going to be over to uh, Megan for that. Yes. Uh, the youth line is both a crisis line and a text line um, that youth can access 24 hours a day if they're struggling or in crisis. Um, it doesn't take the place of the stabilization, stabilization center or 911 or the emergency room. But a lot of times we find that students, um, their minds might start to unravel and spiral late at night where there's no access to being able to talk to anybody and so it's a line that students can text or call just to get an unbiased um, point of view some support talk through problem solving and make a plan for next steps to really make sure that they're taking care of their mental health and well-being wow that sounds like something that would, would have been nice to have in years gone by you know yeah absolutely <laughs> a big a big help for a lot of young ones Depending on the, the situation, uh, is the family looped in once, once this is done, provided the family's not the problem? Yeah, I think that um, in my experience, I never use um, a hotline that I haven't vetted myself. And in my experience, when I've worked with students who have, have, who have utilized the line, um, if the family is not identified as a stressor, there is, there is a, usually a push for the student to be able to loop in their parent or caregiver um, as part of their care team and support team. Um, especially in making those next steps. Maybe that's getting connected to a clinician in the community or doing a care solace referral um, or contacting the school counselor, whoever that might be, to get those supports in place. Okay, great. All right, so as our final minutes uh, tip off here, what about tips for families to support students who are struggling? Jennifer? 
Well, I think just overall, it's important to take care of ourselves, um, monitoring screen time, eating healthy, getting enough sleep, exercising, and remembering it's, it's healthy to acknowledge and express our feelings and reach out for help if needed. Um, some of our students um, over the next two weeks will miss the structure of school and we'll, we'll miss seeing with friends. And so it's just important for us to um, make sure that we're connecting with them and talking with them. Um, Megan, would you add anything? Yeah. I think reiterating that it's also just pausing and acknowledging that it's okay for things to not be perfect and to be struggling and to also recognize that there are resources and supports available within the community. Each person has so much strength and resilience within them and it's still okay to ask for help and support for yourself or for your loved one. It can be a scary or overwhelming thing to talk about mental health at times and it's important. It's also an important conversation to have with your loved ones uh, to normalize that and destigmatize the conversation. Well, it sounds like a lot of services available to youth that were not there before. This is all fairly new, isn't it, in the last couple of years? Yeah, within the, the last couple of years after the Student Investment Act was passed, there was a bunch of funding that was put into Oregon public schools um, specifically for mental health and well-being. And Jennifer might have more information. Well, I'm going to have to hold you off on that, Jennifer, because <laughs> we're out of time. But thank you so much for both of you. And Sorry for putting up with the technical difficulties we had this morning. Jennifer Howth, Director for Social, Emotional, and Mental Well-Being in the Schools, and Megan Noster, who works with students at Pilot Butte Middle School. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.